Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Trapping Today podcast. I'm your host, Jeremiah Wood from trappingtoday.com, your source for all things trapping, the source for information and education for the modern trapper. It is a trapping blog. You can find it at trappingtoday.com website. We get information on fur prices. We've got trapping articles and news and lots of other resources there. So hope you'll check it out if you haven't already. Perhaps that's how you found the podcast. Um, but if not, go check it out. Uh, we also, I have a an Instagram account for trappingtoday.com. So apparently, um, Trapping Today, the username on Instagram uh, was already taken by a southern rapper, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, it turns out that uh, trapping or trap music is also a sort of a type of rap. Um, and so there's a lot of, you, you go and search for trapping online and you'll find a lot of interesting things that you might not expect. So anyway, someone had the username Trapping Today, and it was just like a bunch of guys, I don't know, it was weird. It had nothing to do with trapping. So anyway, I'm Trapping Today, D-O-T-C-O-M. That's the username. So it's it's a little bit uh, more painful to find, but if you if you search for me there, if you're on Instagram, check it out. I've got, I'm closing, at this point, I'm closing on about 100 uh pictures posted, just various things from my trap line, and uh, pictures that, that I have on my phone, basically, and got about 550, clo- close to 600 followers on there right now, and constantly growing, so it's nice to sort of build a following. I'm not sure how many people on Instagram just kind of check out the photos and think, oh, that's cool, and how many actually come over to Trapping Today and read some of the articles and, and stuff, but... Anyway, it's just another way to get information out there where the people are. Um, I also have a YouTube channel that is Trapping Today on YouTube. And I've been putting up videos there uh, occasionally since uh, sometime last spring, summer. So uh, it started off pretty slow and I've been putting a few more videos there all the time. Uh, A lot of them I just take off my phone from the trap line or the fur shed. If I find something interesting I want to share or something I think might be informative, I just throw that up. I also been taking some videos with the GoPro that is a little bit of extra work and sometimes I'll be out there like working on a beaver lodge or something or playing around on the trap line just trying to get something taken care of. I really don't have time to set up the camera and make sure things look right and get the timing right and put together a video. Uh, so it's really kind of a pain in the butt, but I have a few I'll, I'll, I've recorded. I'll probably throw up there at some point when I get a chance to sit down and uh, and go over it. But anyway, those are the different channels. Uh, of course, if you go on trappingtoday.com and on the sidebar there, you click on join the trapper email list. You can put in your email address and subscribe to email updates and what that'll do is once a week typically that is on a early Monday morning you will get an email from me uh, that is a link to all of the things that have been posted up on trappingtoday.com in the past week so it just keeps you up to date on all the new articles and things that are going on 
Sometimes, like in the summer, you it may go a week and you don't get anything. Uh, I try to put things up as much as I can, but the summer's a slow time. Uh, but this time of year, during trapping season, uh, you're going to get stuff. Some weeks, uh, usually you get two or three articles or links. Some weeks, you, I could have posted something every day. So I, I've been trying to do that as much as I can. So that's the website. Uh, and other news, I have the new book is out, uh, Fur Profit, F-U-R, Profit. That is a trapper's guide to the modern fur market. And uh, it's something I've been working on for several years. Uh, I released a fur guide a couple years ago. And uh, this is kind of built off of that fur guide with, with some more... Um, sort of broad information about the fur market, understanding fur prices. Um, let me see if I can just give you a little bit of information on that. So <clears throat> I go over you know basics of the fur market. So what is what's driving the modern fur market, the countries that purchase most of the fur, and what uh, factors uh, globally in those countries are going to impact demand for fur. Uh, talk about different fur items, different species like beaver and raccoon and otter and mink and muskrat and coyotes and fox and so on and what the what the markets are for those major species and what they're used for. And we go into um, where to sell your fur. So uh, <clears throat> We talk how to sell your fur first off, and basically it's just, you know, selling fur in the round, selling it as raw fur, skin stretched, flesh dried, uh, selling it as tanned fur, and so on. We talk about where to sell your fur, go over country fur buyers, regional fur buyers, state auctions, and the international auctions like NAFA and fur harvesters. Uh, then I go into alternatives to selling raw fur. So things that you can do if you really don't like the prices that you're getting for your fur. What are some markets that you can try to access through uh, selling tanned fur, selling fur garments, hats, mittens, and everything else. Um, and finally, there's a section where I cover uh, things uh, aside from just fur items. There are other uses for the fur. There are uses for carcasses and in animal meat, beaver caster, different animal parts, glands, animals for the live market. Just kind of briefly touch on those different options. Um, and, and also I talk about how to look at fur price reports. Like you go on trapping today during the fur auction season and I get a bunch of different auction results posted up. Well. I always get questions like, okay, what does that mean for Southern Missouri? What does that mean for coyotes in Kansas? Um, I've got uh, beaver in Montana. What is that? What's the fur price for that? Um, basically, I can't sit there and tell you what the exact price is for every species in every part of every state. But if you want to educate yourself, you can understand what your basis is for your area's fur. The basis is basically uh, how your fur sells relative to the overall market. So if beavers are, say say you have like a really high quality beaver, um, overall beavers are averaging $20. You, your section of beaver that's really prime 
uh, really good quality. Maybe you get closer to 30 when they're averaging 20 overall. Um, maybe you've got a southern Louisiana beaver and you're averaging 10. So, so I just go over how to understand, how to look at fur prices, auction results, and how to interpret that as it applies to your um, fur that you tend to harvest in your area. So that's kind of the basics of fur profit. It's uh, 50 some odd pages. It's available right now as an ebook on trappingtoday.com slash fur profit. You can click on, go on the site, you can click on that big uh, photo, cover photo, and uh, you can buy the ebook. It's a PDF. You just, you click through, you buy it, you process the payment. It's $5. So it's not going to break the bank, not going to kill you. Um, it helps me keep the site up and running, so I very much appreciate that. And you you pay for that, and you can instantly download that as a PDF, and you can read it um, on your computer, on your phone, on your tablet, and so on. Now, I am also getting uh, hard copies of the physical book, and that'll be for sale. I believe I'm gonna sell that on the site for about 12 bucks, free shipping. Um, so if you're interested in that, just keep an eye. You can email me and check in. Uh, those should be available in a few weeks. So anyway, those are all the plugs for trapping today. And now that I'm just about out of breath, I'm going to take a really quick break. And then we're going to go into the topic of the night, which is under ice beaver snaring. All right, so let's get into under ice beaver snaring. So it's kind of been interesting here this past, this winter, um, there's been quite a cold snap that's spread across the uh, southern United States. And some trappers, if you look on the online forums, uh, are getting their first taste of under ice uh, trapping, under ice beaver trapping, um, or water trapping in general, which is kind of interesting. It's It's so cool to see guys asking a bunch of questions and and you're looking at it like, uh, yeah, we deal with that all the time. Like, uh, how do I cut a hole through the ice? What's the best way to uh, to get a, a hole chopped? Should I use a chisel, an ice auger, a chainsaw, an ice saw? Guys are starting to buy these ice saws. Um, how do I set through the ice? And, you know, some of those southern guys, that southern fur, those critters are are not used to the cold weather. So... It's kind of a double whammy for them. They're dealing with ice and they're dealing with critter that when it gets cold like that, they kind of just shut down, um, especially for sort of a brief cold snap. Now, up here in the Arctic of northern Maine, um, we're, we're kind of laughing because yeah, that's kind of, kind of the norm. So uh, a couple of questions. So why do you trap under the ice? The answer to that question from my perspective is... Because in northern Maine, from basically 1st of December through the end of March, and in some cases uh, mid-April, um, that's what you have. It's ice. <laughs> so the ponds are froze up. Froze up hard. And really the best, uh, obviously open water beaver trapping is much faster, much more effective and efficient. Um, you can do a lot better with the amount of effort and time that you spend. Um, but we don't always have that option. Some of the most effective under ice trapping is like the first few days after um, the ice gets thick enough to 
to safely walk on, which, you know, in a lot of cases, it's only like two, three inches of ice. You got to be careful, but if you can get out there on that thin ice before it's been covered in snow, it it is unbelievable the trapping you can have because you go out to a beaver lodge and you find the house you go over there and you get this you know a couple three inches of ice and you look around for the run and all you got to look for is bubbles you see these uh, air bubbles that are uh, stuck to the bottom of the ice under the underside of the ice and basically that's where the beaver has exited the lodge they've gone down the run heading toward the feed bed or the dam or whatever wherever they're going and they, as the, every time they leave the lodge, they release these air bubbles. Now, I don't know if some of that is probably exhaling. Um, a lot of it is also like um, when they're in the lodge, they're dry and there's sort of air, you know, they're, they're exposed to dry air. And then when they go into the water, uh, those air pockets in the fur kind of get released out as the water soaks into the fur and get released upward, um, get trapped under the ice. So you just find the air pockets, you chip your hole, you're right on top of the run, it's easy, there's not a lot of ice to cut. Set a 330 conibear and whammo, you got beavers. Um, Very effective. But you get a little ways into the season if you don't get them real quick and it is work. Nothing but work. So not only why under ice trapping, why under ice snaring for beavers? Is there a reason for that? Why would you do it? Why not use something else? Um, there's a couple of reasons um, to trap with under ice snares in the middle of the winter. Um, basically, number one, as far as the fur goes, uh, the middle of the winter, that beaver fur is as prime as you're going to see it. It is just a beautiful pelt. I've been working some beavers here in the fur shed, and it is just some of the most thick, full, incredibly looking beaver pelts that I've ever seen Um, way better in the springtime you still have that nice prime fur but it's usually got a lot of cuts in the hide the beavers are getting out fighting moving around interacting with other beavers Um, but this time of year the fur is just awesome it's almost a shame I'm I'm working up all these beaver pelts I'm like do I really want to sell this for ten twelve dollars I almost want to just get them all tanned and keep them in the house just to have (laughs) Oh, but anyway, I wish I could afford to do that. So, um, it's good for, and why snare? Well, there are several reasons. Um, Number one, probably the most obvious reason why snaring beaver under the ice is because snares are incredibly light and compact and easy to carry around. Um, If you got a hard to access place where you got to do a lot of packing, you got to move gear around, um, that you can take several dozen snares and they don't weigh a thing. They're just so easy. Um, and basically all the hardware you need to set up, you need the snares, some wire, and uh, and an axe, and maybe a saw and a machete if you want. And you just use what's out there, poles and popple sticks. Uh, you make your sets with everything else, and you don't have to carry anything to the lodge, um, at least not a very far distance. So... Uh, it's they're portable and they're very convenient now um, that being said there essentially are three different ways to trap beaver under the ice Um, you have your foothold traps your body grip or conibear traps and your snares and there's 
obviously positive and negative aspects of each. So let's start with the foothold trap. Uh, under the ice, the vast, essentially all the foothold trapping you're going to do under the ice is going to be in baited sets. Because there's really no way to make a blind set or a cast, you're not going to make a caster mount set under the ice. You're not going to make a blind set with a foothold trap. You could theoretically set a foothold in a run, but the odds of the beaver sticking his foot in that trap are very slim. You're kind of wasting your time doing that unless you want to experiment or something. So basically you're going to have a baited set. The, the baited foothold set is very effective and uh, you can, it's basically, uh, probably the most common one is, is a leaning pole with some bait sticks wired just underneath the ice at the top of the pole and just under the pole you have the trap attached to that pole and it, the trap sort of acts as a platform for a beaver to stick his foot on as he's going to feed on those sticks. Uh, very effective. Um, number 14 jump is your most popular one because it has teeth on the jaws and that holds the beaver's foot very effectively. Um, <clears throat> some of the others you do have a chance for pullouts, but uh, generally that's a pretty good trap. <clears throat> now, what about if you're halfway through the season or a little less than halfway through the season and beaver's not that hungry and he's not he's got a nice fresh feed pile he's nice and cozy and he doesn't want to go to a baited set well you're not going to catch him in footholds you might catch one or two you might get lucky but you're not really going to attract beavers to those footholds if they're not hungry so the disadvantage to the foothold set is if beaver aren't coming to bait you're not going to do very well uh, the other set, the other main type of trap uh, under ice beaver is the body grip or conibear set. And that's typically going to be with a 330 conibear in almost all cases. And the vast majority of the 330 sets under ice are going to be blind sets in runs. Um, and they're extremely effective if you can find the run. Now, I've gone to lodges in the middle of winter, and there are so many beavers in those lodges and so much activity. Um, they're keeping the, the water is constantly moving uh, in that run. And what it does is it makes for some very thin ice where the run is. So if you can find the run and you, don't have, you really don't have to chip much ice, it's really awesome. That's, this works typically in shallow water areas where where the water's moving a lot near the ice surf near the water ice interface and uh, it's keeping that run uh, free of thick ice um, that is the sweetest set you can find you you see that area of thin ice you chip a trough through there and you stick your 330 body grip trap um, you stick it right near the bottom um, near the bottom of the run and uh, you could even set two or three of those in a, the same run, five to ten feet apart, and you can absolutely destroy beavers with that set. Now, um, this one of these sets, I these lodges I just set up recently has six feet of water in it, and it's a very deep water entrance and exit to the lodge. There's two feet of ice there, and there is no thin ice. There's no, absolutely no chance of thin ice. Um, I had a chainsaw with an 18-inch bar, and I uh, cut holes with that chainsaw. All 18 used all 18 inches of that bar and never broke, never went through the ice. Had to chip out the the areas I cut with the saw, 
and stepped down a little deeper and finally broke through. Probably had about 22 to 24 inches of ice there. Um, you do that after about three or four sets and it gets pretty old. Um, <laughs> and so uh, just a funny story about two weeks ago I did this and I spent about 20 minutes sawing and chipping and throwing ice out of the hole and I finally broke through got through and chip 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 cleaned uh, out the ice hole and got ready to make my set and I was right on top of a feed bed just sticks and brush and twigs and everything in my way so <laughs> I could not I couldn't set um, so that makes it really difficult uh, you got a lot of work put in and you didn't find the spot to make your set so I went over and uh, 10 15 feet away I did another one I found a good spot 10 15 feet from that I was looking for a run and I cut my hole 20 minutes and I stuck a stick down there prodded around I was right on the edge of a run and you could tell it was a really well used beaver run so they're make in the mud at the bottom of the beaver dam um, they are make where they're traveling really frequently they make this depression in the bottom of uh, of the flow of the beaver dam, the pond, and sometimes this can be six inches to a foot deep, and that's this one was at least six inches deep, and I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me! All that work, and I was right on the edge of it. I was too far away to set a trap in the run, so instead of uh, instead of setting. At spending another 20 minutes and getting a hole three feet over so um, I ended up putting a baited set there I did catch a beaver there the first check so um, it was alright but uh, all that to say that if you're trying to make blind sets in these uh, under this under ice beaver trapping with 330s you're in thick ice situations you're not going to effectively be able to blind set it's just not there's there's oftentimes just no way for you to find that run without chipping and sawing and drilling and over and over and over again. It makes for a lot of work. So what's the advantage of the snare? Um, long story short, the advantage of the snare is the snare set allows you um, to use... to. It's very versatile and it allows you to create a blind set a baited set or both you can do either or or you can do both and um, I'll try to explain this a little bit but um, basically there are a number of different ways that you can set under ice beaver snares um, and we'll start by let's just talk about what I would call the uh, uh, oh and, and just to back up a little bit 330s you can use baited 330s um, you can use popple sticks uh, on the 330 on so what you call the loose jaw, the jaw opposite of the trigger. Um, you can wire a popple stick to that. You can actually wire small sticks to the trigger. Um, those do work. However, those baited 330 sets also have a tendency to spook beavers and to miss a lot of beavers. Uh, sometimes the beave is carrying a stick um, as it is going around that 330, it can set off the trap. A little bit of motion can set off the trap. 
the beaver can go to touch to to chew on the bait and just the way the body's positioned with that baited set they they don't have to completely enter the jaws of that trap or I guess the the catch prone area in order to uh, feed on the bait so in there are numerous cases that I've seen where um, a 330 that's baited can miss beavers and when a beaver gets a near miss in a baited 330 you better believe that beaver is going to avoid 330s as much as possible in the future especially if there's a nice big feed pile nearby and he's got enough food to get by um, that that can be a pretty scary experience you see that big metal thing and with a little popple stick wired to it and you you go to touch that and you get you get hit hard or you get pinched or you get a big big rush of water and steel swinging at you um, you're gonna think twice and especially if you're in animal damage situations where you need to remove problem beavers you you set a beta 330 you're asking for trouble potentially um, because you can educate beavers and that 330 is going to be avoided in the future so just another thing to keep in mind um, so going back to the snares so so like I say there's a number of different ways to set up these snare under ice snare sets um, the what I would call I guess the Alaska method and I just call this Alaska method because I've seen it used in by a lot of Alaskan trappers this Alaska method it can use bait but what I've seen a lot of is snare sets in run situations um, near entrances to a beaver house or alongside of the feed pile and what those boys do is set lots and lots and lots of snares so they may have a pole and they may hang that pole in the ice and have four six eight different snares coming off that pole um, I've seen like sets where they'll have a horizontal pole with a bunch of different snares um, set over a run so that if you have a really wide run or say they chip their hole and they're not sure exactly if they're on top of the run they make it so four or five feet wide um, if that beaver's traveling through he's going to get caught in their snare um, if you have really deep water situations like they seem to have oftentimes they'll they'll set those where there's three four different uh, tiers of snares going from top to bottom or bottom to top um, it just and, and they use bait some of them is the pole is baited some of them they'll set a dry pole with the baited pole on the outside or two a baited pole on each side and just a bunch of snares and I think um, what they're kind of relying on is with enough beaver activity and enough snares you're gonna get a beaver um, to go through and get caught in one of those snares and it works um, so so that can be very effective uh, now going on to a completely different method is sort of a minimal I guess minimal snare minimal bait method is the traditional Maine method the under ice beaver snaring in Maine and this is not all that's used in Maine I just bring it up because it's probably the most popular set used in Maine uh, this was taught to me by uh, a Maine trapper named Jerry Braley he's an old timer down in central Maine and a very proficient beaver snare man 
a very, very experienced. He's been doing it for decades. He builds snares. He's a he's a really good guy, and he knows a lot about about under ice beaver trapping. So the Jerry Braley method, and I'm sure he picked it up from other people and maybe tweaked it and perfected it uh, to his design. But you basically you're using a dead stick, and this is a baited set. You're gonna put it in an area close to the house or close to the dam or feed bed where you know beaver is going to be traveling and on the sides on two sides of this dead stick so just imagine a stick vertical through the ice going down to the bottom uh, anchored to the bottom of of the flowage and you're going to nail a popple or aspen uh, branch probably either the size of your thumb up to about twice the size of your thumb in diameter and this may be 10 inches, 8, 10 inches long. You're going to nail one to each side of that pole, um, sort of usually toward the top, um, toward the bottom of the ice, usually fairly high where, you know, the beaver's either traveling on bottom oftentimes or he's, tra or he's feeding right under the ice, so keep that in mind. And immediately on the outside of each of those bait sticks is going to be a snare one on each side of that pole. Uh, Jerry snares are 1 16th inch cable 7 by 7 and if you're not familiar with snare cable uh, 16th inch is, is very small. It's a very light, very small diameter and uh, 7 by 7 is very supple. It's a, it's a much more flexible wire than say a 1 by 19. Um, so what this is, is and, and he has, you have like a wire, a wire to your pole coming out, stubbing out on each side. And those are support wires that hang, that the snares hang from on each side of the pole. And the snare is going to be, you know, you take your outstretched, uh, take your hand with your fingers outstretched um, wide open. And essentially that snare is going to be as wide as your hand from the tip of your thumb to the tip of your pinky finger approximately and and that snare when it's fully open and it's mounted it's hanging there is going to be in an oval shape and that's primarily because the 16th inch cable 7 by 7 is pretty flexible and it's not going to hold a circular shape now a lot of trappers look at that and say well why on earth would you want to do that don't you want a round shape now Jerry's argument is what you've got going on is that beaver is going to be feeding on those popple sticks and that baited pole set. And as he's feeding, the beaver is going to be circling the pole. Now, if you can imagine a beaver circling uh, a pole, um, that beaver's body is probably going to be turned sideways. So instead of facing up and down, that beaver is facing sort of side to side. Um, so the the beaver as he's moving around that pole sort of that oval loop shape is going to conform quite well to the shape of the beaver's body as it's circling that pole and in theory that is what uh, causes those beavers to more likely to be caught in that setup um, this works uh, the advantages to it are probably the shape of that snare loop uh, 
Uh, also, the lock on this snare, very strictly this setup is using a cam lock. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the different snare locks, uh, the cam lock is, is really uh, sort of a mechanical type lock. It's one of the, the more um, innovative, more advanced type of locks. Um, there's two parts and there's kind of a, a cam that rotates and uh, it allows that snare to close and as you try to back up on that snare and open the loop back up, uh, the cam gets, uh, the pressure forces that cam down against the cable and there's sort of that hinged pressure that's forcing against the cable and it's not allowed to open. Um, sometimes uh, land trappers have trouble with cam locks freezing up because they do involve, there's kind of a rivet there that, that hinges um, and if you have certain conditions that could freeze up, fortunately for us underwater that's not an issue because you're not going to um, have freezing issues underwater. So um, the cam lock's really effective. The 16th inch cable, the small diameter cable, it's a pain because anytime you get a catch, uh, the cable's toast. You got to remake the snare, reuse the parts. Um, but that cable and that lock allows you to get a real good cinch, tight cinched loop. Um, the drawback there is you do get some burn marks on the beaver pelt occasionally, but you also have the potential for a lot of foot catches. Uh, a lot of nose catches, tail catches, all kinds of weird things because that loop, that lock and that small cable has the ability to get into a really tight loop that holds very well. So that's an advantage to it. The other advantage in this setup is you're using your vertical pole as a dead pole. It's not live, so the beaver's not going to chew it in half. So you don't have to worry about replacing your pole. Uh, this week I've done, I've replaced three poles on live sets. That's a, a different story for another podcast, but um, that's an advantage there is you have um, a, a dead pole um, and then you just have your two little bait sticks. The disadvantage, of course, is those small bait sticks, the relatively small size, um, is less of an attractant to the beaver. The advantage is you can put those sticks and position them such that if the beaver's feeding on them, he has to go through those snares. Um, so anyway, there's all kinds of pluses and minuses. I've used those a little bit this fall. Um, I've tried other things and have had very good luck with some other sets. Um, so I'm not exclusively using that set necessarily. Um, but I, but I'm trying it. So that's the main set. And then finally, um, I don't want to go too much longer on this podcast. We're running out of time here, but finally the, the third, um, setup is in that main set setup you can actually use two tiers you can you can do four snares on a pole if you want to it's really up to you oh and the other yeah I'll, I'll go into this a little bit in the future uh, a little later on but the third setup and we'll go over is the um uh, i guess i could call it the minnesota setup but it really it's the rally hess and um if you're not familiar with rally hess rally is a trapper from Minnesota. He is an under ice snaring animal. Um, he is r- one of the best, if not the best, beaver under ice beaver snare men in the country right now. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of beavers um, under his belt. And the guy has worked on innovative snaring techniques for a very long time. 
Um, so he has a few unique issues to his Minnesota trap line, his snare line for under ice beavers that we won't go into, but um, I'll tell you what his setup typically is, is it's a live green uh, pole, which is, you know, poplar, aspen, um, just completely that the bait pole is the snare pole. So you got one big pole driven down through the ice, down into the bottom, and you got snares hanging from that pole. Now, uh, depending on the water depth, you could have one tier snares, you could have two tiers. If you're in five feet of water or more, you could have three tiers, meaning six snares. But it's basically similar to the main setup, except um, he's using um, the entire pole as the bait. And uh, the snares are similar in size. He actually uses a Sherlock instead of a Camlock. Um, but that uh, you know different locks we can debate different locks in the future and his his cable size however it, he is not using the 16th inch cable so the 16th is a little too small for a lot of the things that that he likes um, and his, what his experience has shown um, the 330 seconds is a little too big so 330 seconds is much bigger than 16th inch um, you have a chance of animals of seeing and avoiding the snare. Um, your action on the snare is not going to move as quickly. Um, there's going to be a little more drag um, when the snare fires, and so on. So he uses halfway in between the 16th inch and 330 seconds is 564ths. Um, and the 564ths 7x7 wire, uh, he's found to be extremely effective under ice beaver snaring with those live green poles and uh, multiple tiered de tiers depending on uh, the water depth. He's setting those around the house, between the house and the feed bed and so on. Very effective. I've been experimenting with that. Instead of the shore lock though, I'm using the cam lock. So I'm using 564 7x7 with a cam lock um, and the full pole. I'm like I said, I'm pulling poles up that are cut in half on these this beaver lodge I just set up, but um, it's worth it when you pull up uh, multiple beavers. So um, I really like it so far, and that's another option. Now, finally, um, before we end this podcast, I'm going to tell you the advantage to the snare set is not only is it a baited set, it can be a blind set. And probably the best, most effective trick you can learn on making this a baited set and a blind set is you make this baited snare set and instead of sticking your pole at a random location or a spot between the house and the feed bed and so on you find a run and you stick that pole that snare pole in the dead center of the run and you've got your baited setup you get your bait and you got a snare on each side of that pole and your lowest snare is going to be two, three inches off the bottom. And then your next set of snares is going to be just immediately above the first set of snares. And so on. You set that in the, immediate, in the center of the run. That beaver is leaving the house. And he's going to the feed bed, going to the dam. What's he going to do when he's going a long run and there's a pole in the dead center of the run? Whether he thinks it's food or not, whether he cares. That beaver is going to hug the pole one side or the other and he's going to go right around it. What's he going to do when he goes right around it? He's going to go right through your snare. So as you can see, as you can tell, the snare set can be baited. It can be blind. Very versatile. 
and very light, very easy to carry around. And the coolest thing, uh, pretty cheap. You can build snares really cheap. I just bought a bench swagger. And I've been making a bunch of snares, bought a bunch of parts. Um, I'll put up some YouTube videos on that in the future. But there, there are several advantages to under ice snaring. And probably the biggest advantage for me right now is it's just a lot of fun. It really is. Just experimenting different locks, different cable sizes, setups, set locations, bait types, bait pole setups. It's just really cool. And you miss. You do have misses. Um, the other thing is, though, when you miss, you are not you don't spook beavers like you do if, the, if a 330 fires next to them. You know, they feel that little bit of cable and they go... They swim away from it, and it's it's almost like nothing happened. So anyway, that is a little bit of background on the underice beaver snaring. A uh, little advantage and disadvantage to it, the different types of setups um, on a broad level. Um, maybe we'll get a little deeper into it in the future. But anyway, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great night. Keep on trapping.